What up? About last night, podcast listeners, your boy Adam Ray here. Got a quick question for you. You guys like making great money, right? Like super dope money? Oh, <laughs> that's what I thought. Well, here's a really cool opportunity I just had to share with you. Driving with Uber. That's right, Uber. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's that popular smartphone app that connects riders with drivers. Yeah, man, everybody uses it. I take Uber pretty much every day. I take it when I'm trying to get to a comedy club. I take it when I'm trying to avoid drinking and driving. I take it when I just want to meet cool people. I'm telling you, the stories and the conversations I've had while in an Uber are incredible. One of my best buds met his current girlfriend through Uber because Uber drivers are the shit, man. They're cool. They're fun. They they are good at conversation and they get you where you need to go on time and in the appropriate amount of fun. Uh, You know why people love driving with Uber, I'll tell you what, the people who drive with Uber, they love it because they're their own boss, all right? They earn great money, and it's easy to start. All you need is a car and a license. That's all you need. Driving with Uber is great for anyone who needs flexibility. Parents, all right, if you're trying to find a way uh, to easily work around your family schedule, perfect. Drive with Uber. Students, you looking to make some extra cash in between those classes? Perfect. Drive with Uber. Now's the prime time to cash in driving with Uber, all right? You guys are going to thank me for telling you how to get paid weekly. I could be getting into your car when you drive with Uber, and we could talk about we could talk about all sorts of fun. We could talk about DuckTales. We could talk about Pop-Tarts and Fraggle Rock and, and, and how the Muppets are coming back. We could talk about weed, man. I'm telling you, if you've got a car and a license, put them both to work for you today and start earning serious, life-changing cash. Sign up to Drive with Uber at drivewithuber.com. Visit drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. Hey, guess what? Don't be a goober. Drivewithuber.com. Well, it's that special time of year again. You know what I'm talking about when you hang out with your buds, you drink some beer, you eat some chips, you ignore your girlfriend. Football season's only just begun, but guess what? It already feels like the playoffs at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where millionaires are being crowned all season long. One-week fantasy at DraftKings means no season-long commitments. It's fantasy football on demand. You play where you want, when you want, with the players you want. You could play on a boat in the middle of Nova Scotia. You could play in your stepmom's dildo drawer. You could play under the sewer like the fucking Ninja Turtles, man. It's your world. It's your game. And with a million bucks up for grabs every week, a million bucks every week, every game is the big game and every play matters. So first and ten of the first quarter feels like fourth and goal with one second left. And a long touchdown run could mean more than just a victory for your favorite team. It could mean you've just turned your love of football into a million-dollar payday. This isn't fantastic. Fantasy as usual, baby. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code ALN to play for free for a shot at $1 million in this week's Millionaire Maker event. Enter ALN for free entry now only at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. And now enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Go Hawks. Fuck the Broncos. Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the show and subscribing on iTunes and listening to us uh, on your Android, your iPhone, Stitcher, wherever you get the show. Thanks so much for the support. Keep uh, giving us that five-star rating and iTunes comment on the iTunes page. Helps us climb the charts and continue uh, our world dominance. (laughs) Jesus, sound like Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget there. Although, you know what, if I could be Dr. Claw for Halloween... I could probably have Brad as my little, as the cat that I carry and pet. I'll get you, get it, next time. 
Uh, all right. Well, I just decided what I'm going is for Halloween, so get ready for those pictures. Today's episode, one of my favorites, this is a uh, good buddy of mine, hilarious comic, born and raised in Los Angeles, been doing stand-up 12-plus years. He's one of the best in the game. He's got a new album out called Stop Not Owning This on iTunes, and uh, he's just a great dude, and he's got amazing stories that we're going to get into very shortly, and his name is Nick Youssef. Nick Youssef, baby. Look him up on Twitter. At Nick Youssef, Y-O-U-S-E-F-F. Man, growing up in L.A., he told one of the greatest arcade stories you might ever hear. Um, He got kicked out of high school uh, because the kid just did not respect authority. One of the sweetest guys you'll ever meet. And uh, it was was crazy to hear how different it used to be. Um, And then, of course, his new album, his podcast called Occasionally Awesome, which you can get on the All Things Comedy Network that he does with our buddy Kevin Christie. Check that out. Um, and uh, just enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed having Nick here, baby. It's a good one. Follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Youssef. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. Mr. Brad Williams will be this weekend in Tampa, Florida at the Improv in Tampa, Florida, September 18th through the 20th. Get your tickets at improv.com. Then go see Brad in Bloomington, Minnesota at the House of Comedy uh, in Bloomington, Minnesota, September 30th through October 4th. At the House of Comedy, Brad Williams, Bloomington, Minnesota. Come see me, Fort Worth, Texas, baby. Uh, September 17th through the 19th. This Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I'll be headlining Hyenas in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Come out and see me. It's my first time at this club. All you ALN listeners, bring your shirts, bring your merch. I'll sign it, take pictures. We'll have a great time. Um, Texas is a great comedy city. I've heard nothing but great things about this club from Brad. Really pumped to do it. Come out and see me. Hit me up for tickets, too, on Twitter if you want tickets. I've got a guest list for every night. Hit me up on Twitter, at Adam Ray Comedy, for tickets to my shows uh, at Hyenas in Fort Worth, Texas. And then you can come see me, of course, with Brad Williams in Tempe, Arizona, at the Improv, October 28th through November 1st. Uh, Oh, very excited to announce this piece of information. The first Hollywood uh, Live About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray has has a date. The Hollywood Improv, October 20th, 8 p.m. Holy shit, so pumped. First of many live shows we're going to do at the Hollywood Improv, a Live About Last Night podcast recording. If you live anywhere in the Hollywood area or surrounding Los Angeles area, come out and see Brad and I. Uh, the guest list for this show, the lineup of comics, is uh, is going to blow your fucking mind. So get tickets. Um, I think starting next week, you can get tickets at improv.com for October 20th, 8 p.m., about last night podcast recording. Brad Williams, Adam Ray, and special guest to be announced. Uh, so get your tickets for that. And, of course, uh, while you're getting your tickets for the uh, About Last Night live show, go to astoymerchandise.com, E-S-T-O-Y merchandise.com, and get your ALN merch, your shirts, your mugs. Bring them to the shows. The support has been uh, so great from you guys. We really appreciate it. Keep tweeting at us. Keep emailing us. Uh, you guys have been so great. Congrats again to all the Clooney Boop winners. Uh, you guys will be receiving your merch uh, within the next few weeks. Brad and I have both been in and out of town, and uh, it's been tough to coordinate getting everything together. But you will have it within the next few weeks So get ready for that Now that we got all the tour dates out of the way Those are the Twitter handles That's the merch info That's the Clooney Boop info And now sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode Of the About Last Night podcast With our buddy, Nick Youssef Well, the weekend's over So it's time to chat about it Got a midget and a juice So why don't you sit down and Podcast, during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. 
It's about last night. Yeah, I had. So you're happy living alone? I am. You know, uh, Dave and I got along, um, you know, well. And uh, but I've never the. You know, it's just I don't know. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> I think for the same reason, probably he moved out. He probably was like, man, I think I'm tired of being with some. You know, and it was like. We didn't hang out a lot together, but it was, uh, it's just so nice to come home. And here's how I know I'm not a total adult yet. I'm like, this is so responsible. I'm 33, yeah. got my own place now. And then I'm sitting around and I go, and I can jerk off anywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like when you're on the road and you're like, I'm going to jerk off on that lamp now because I can do Just it. because yeah. I can. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. You see that seat you're sitting in right now, oh, Nick? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh man. That's not true. Uh, you're right. That wasn't Adam. That was me. But right. That's I why figure... the chair doesn't move. It's literally yeah. stuck so to the ground. Funny. Exactly. Because <laughs> I little... figure, you know, Adam yeah. Root. Adam, um, the roommate's gone. I can come in and kind yeah. of do what I and want. Just jerk off all over yeah. the place. Yeah, just um, jerk off that everywhere. is a huge like feeling of like liberation where you're like, I can walk around naked. I can jerk <laughs> off anywhere I want. Why is that? Why are the Why are those our first thoughts? Because we're as... animals, <laughs> right? Because we're actual yeah, animals we really that are. want like you know we yeah. want to mark our territory and we want our own domain. Yeah, <laughs> and then once you're in your thirties, you're like, dude, I. How much longer can I do this? How much yeah, longer can right. I have a roommate? You can't be a forty-five-year-old guy with. Oh a roommate. no! And I know a few where yeah. they're like, "Yeah, man, you know, I'm forty-two, and like my roommate and I, I'm like, what was that yeah. last part? <laughs> yeah, like, you have a roommate. Yeah, and I'm like, and I get the struggle living out here, and you know, totally the career thing, and it's like things don't always go the way you want, but yep. you're like, there's there's got to be ways around it. There's got to be a point if you hit forty, uh, and I'm thankful that I have avoided getting there and having that conundrum, but to where uh-huh. you go. Okay, like, do I, do I slum it in like a small place by myself just yeah. to be by myself at forty, or do I have a little more space but still have to tell girls like, hey, do you mind keeping it down? Like, uh, <laughs> right, right. Gary's, yeah. Gary's, uh, you know, working on some new beats and <laughs> yeah, like living, kind of like moving out of Hollywood maybe to get a bigger place that you can have to yourself instead of like, I got to stay in Hollywood so I can be where all like the you know scenester stuff is and you're right. Like, at forty something, are you still like going to bars every night and doing yeah. all that? Are you, are, you, are you still going to the scene places? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or are you the old guy at that place where it's like, how old are you? No, what man. It's Friday yeah. night. We're going. We're going to One Oak. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Thank God we're all not yet at that age to where we yeah. can be right. I feel like yeah, not no. I mean, I think forty is when if you're where people start looking at you and go. Phew. Really, man, you're still getting super fucked up. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, and, and you have a maybe, roommate, and there's all, there's like a list of things where you're like by forty, or even by thirty. You're like by thirty, I want to have you know like my shit together. I want to be responsible. Yeah. I want to have like m- you know money where yeah. I can like steady income. Get that like steak every three four months wow. if I want. It's a big paying. deal. Yeah, yeah, it's things like that, and, and not like, and, and not just Sizzler steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not just Applebee's steak. Hey, yeah. not, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. If they want to come on and sponsor this yeah, podcast, yeah. let's not talk uh, ourselves out I'm, of any. I'm all for riblets. Applebee's. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is that an actual item option? You don't know about Applebee's riblets? <laughs> Jesus, nobody's oh. ever said that ever. Uh, I think I, that 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 pains me that no one. Has riblets said, sounds like a made up like steak term, like how like Taco Bell created chalupa, yeah, things like that. Where you're like, is that a traditional mexican dish and then it's not <laughs> riblets sound like what i would serve at a dwarf traditional feast 
It's just like, yeah. oh no, it, it, it's it, it's the festival of little people where we all gather right. around and eat riblets around yeah. a bonsai tree. You don't Regular know? ribs are too big. Or, That's why or, we have riblets. Or, or, or if you're fighting like some sort of like, if the Smurfs needed to like defeat some sort of like gargoyle, they threw riblets yeah. at them. Right, right, right. Oh, oh, Papa Smurf, we're out, we're out of riblets. And then yeah. like, I don't know. Well, I, guess, uh, I guess you Smurfs will die. I guess you Smurfs will die. And then, and, and, and Smurfette comes in and says, I've got plenty of battery-powered riblets in, in, in my closet. And then she saves the day. I don't know why I went there. Yeah. That was kind of like a weird vibrator double entendre. Yeah. But, uh, Were you yeah, a big you know. cartoon guy? Yeah, I was a huge Simpsons guy. Yeah. I was a, like everybody. Yeah, um, sure. I know some people that weren't. That, I was just going to say, have you ever met anyone that's yes. like, I never watch The Simpsons. I'm like, are I, you an alien? I get, <laughs> yeah, I get people that are like, I never got into science. Well, not even that. I'm just like, I, I get people yeah. that just say I didn't, I don't like it or it's not my whatever but like Simpsons I feel it's just like how do you not even my parents watch The Simpsons that's the brilliance of it is that it's made for kids and adults there's like jokes that you that went by you when you were 13 and then you rewatch it when you're 17 oh I didn't notice that and then when you're 23 you're like this is like an adult themed show made for kids and and, and there's just certain uh, certain things that happen in pop culture where even if you don't watch it regularly, you have to be familiar with it just yeah. so you can get along in standard conversation. Sure. So when guys are hanging out and they see a concert and some guy goes, worst concert ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you don't want to be like, yeah, worst concert. Really? Thought it was the worst concert? Like, yeah. And then you're not laughing like, about it. Why are you it? saying it in that voice? You're yeah. like, dude, it's from The Simpsons. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I never really watch that. It's like, well, then we can't be friends. Oh, God. <laughs> we and just solved that problem. And then what do, they, what do they usually watch instead? Like, what's their what's that person's... Show you know if they say they don't watch the sim- I was more of a um, oh, sometimes they go like I was like a King of the Hill fan and it's oh, like well it me too but like you can do you how, can how did have you not both man yeah you're not you're not just yeah. limited it, 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 it's like when you go to the frozen yogurt shop mm-hmm. and you're like no nah, I'm just gonna get vanilla or you can hit that little button in the middle yeah. and you get vanilla and chocolate you piece of shit yeah two like, great like, tastes that taste great together exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly I'm strong to the hoop when you have options yeah. There's so many like references, yeah, that come up and and you go some scenario will happen and you'll go, yeah, like that one Simpsons episode, and then you have like a moment with your friends. Totally, that's also yeah. Those moments are key to have in yeah. life. Like you need to be a. I think as comics, obviously, like we have to mm-hmm. pay attention to a lot of shit, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes I feel like I pay attention to stuff just because I'm like I need to I need to be in the know about sure. stuff. Like I don't look at. Uh, uh, you know, like, I mean, certain reality shows, I'm starting to, like, be like, man, maybe I should, like, I feel like I hear more and more people talking about it, and I yeah. don't watch a lot, but I'm like, I should at least know what that show is in case right. it comes up in something, or, yeah, or I, I want to comment on it during a show, or... I, yeah, I, I, I feel yeah. like I'm hearing a lot of comics talk about, like, say yes to the dress, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell that is. Yeah. I'm like, gonna watch that now, just so I know the reference points. I'm the same way. Like, every once in a while, I'll just... To go online and get like a general overview of the shows that yeah. your average person is into. So I'll yeah. go to like the TLC website and then just get, look at the summaries of the shows. I'll go, mm. all right, now I know what John and Kate plus eight is. Sure. But I, I won't watch it, but I'll know if someone brings it up. I'll yeah. go, I know what you're saying, right. mm-hmm. but I'll never watch it. Right, right. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's funny sometimes to play dumb and like not know that. Like, there, like I've had moments in crowd work where people will say something and I don't know and I'm able to but like you can't do that all the time because then you just yeah. seem like a 
I don't know, out of touch. <laughs> yeah, and it just like you trip up on your words if someone yells something yeah. out and you go, wait, what is that? Are you, am I supposed to know that? Instead yeah. of just having some general line about it yeah. and then you seem like, this guy knows everything. <laughs> what, uh, what would you say that you um, became most fascinated about? Like once you started to find your voice as a stand-up that, yeah. you, were, that you found having an opinion about that you maybe thought you didn't before? In, um, in the earlier days, it was a lot of like pop culture stuff. Yeah. So, because I was kind of interested in it, it was just like fun to like, you know, read about and that kind of shit. So I would write a lot of pop culture related bits and stuff. Where'd and you grow up again? In LA. That's right. Yeah. I'm one of like 11 people. <laughs> That's like, you wow. really are. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. you, Scott Bayo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and we talked to Ruben Paul and he grew up and, 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 that, and that was oh, in okay. LA, but he was Carson uh, out in Carson. Oh, wow. Shia LaBeouf grew up out here. I nice. used to see him at the same arcade when we were growing what? up. What? But not even like in Hollywood. I grew up in the suburbs. That sounds like a children's book, like me and Shia LaBeouf at the arcade. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> if but it actually happened to you. He would sit there and like, you know, play his whatever games he was playing and his like grandma or something or one is some older relative that wasn't a mom or dad would yeah. bring him there drop him off and then we would kind of talk here and there because we'd all just be kind of focused on our games or whatever this is back when there were arcades that's how which old, were yeah. yeah but that oh, was oh, yeah. okay like, kids here's what an arcade is <laughs> yeah. uh, you couldn't just turn on your TV and plug in a system what you a bummer go to a place yeah. Yeah. There, are, there have to be some of those kids though that like find out how cool arcades are and like go Instead of playing at home, right? Yeah. And, prob- and, and there was now. a social aspect of it. And every arcade had that one dude that was like, he was there when it opened. Uh-huh. He left when it closed. Yeah. And he was the master. And like people yeah. would gather well, around you're, you're him. Talking about, you're talking about Billy Mitchell. And Nick oh, Yusuf. Billy. You, you, you know Billy. <laughs> well, no. I'm, I'm from King of Kong, the documentary, which I hope. I never saw that. Oh, okay. That's not oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. I almost I want to shut down this podcast <laughs> and turn it on. Nick, for a guy yeah. that loves our... Oh, my God. Are you serious? I know. King of can, Kong? Can you make me a promise? Yeah. It's probably one of my favorite movies of Ever. all time. Okay. You're, wow. I'm, we're, you're, I'm going to watch... It, I'll, can, I'll watch it. We can add other people. We don't have to yeah. make a movie date right now, <laughs> yeah. but it's fucking great. I've heard, I, I've heard it's good, okay. and then it's one of those that you kind of you put it in a queue, yeah. and then you forget, For and sure. then you get to another movie, and then it just like escapes you completely until conversation like yeah. this comes, and you're like, okay, now I gotta, now I gotta. Wait, watch so it. I said like Billy Mitchell, who you will find out when you watch, who is a character of a human being, but mm-hmm. also the Donkey Kong world record holder. Okay, yeah. um, in wow. real life, so you were also. A huge arcade kid. So yeah, I grew up two blocks away from this place called the Enterprise. Oh my yeah. god! And then oh, it's it later got a cool name too. It later changed its name to a worse one though, Pinball Plus. And you're like, this is stupid oh, for pinball two reasons. Plus. Enterprise is way better, obviously. And then there's only eight pinball games, and the rest are upright arcade games. So you're like, what kind of dumb change is that? Right. So uh, also, uh, who really likes pinball? I mean, this Jim Jeffries, and that's about it. Oh, is he a huge pinball? He's guy? obsessed okay. with it. Ryan Adams, the singer-songwriter. Yeah. Now, Brian Adams from Canada, the Ryan, Ryan yeah. Adams, the cool one. He's a huge... He owns like <laughs> How a dare ton. you? Yeah. <laughs> Everything I do, I do it for you is a, <laughs> right. is a yeah. classic. It is a it's classic. It's a classic. But that's it, is it a though, right? But yeah. that's it. And maybe Summer of 69. <laughs> the Oh, yeah. Was that Brian Adams? Yeah, that was Brian Adams, yeah. Which, oh, yeah. which ruined a lot of karaoke nights. Okay. But um, all right, so it changed. I will admit that's a good song. Yeah. So yeah, it changed, but like the old school guys that would go there a lot, we still called it the Enterprise. And then the newer awesome. people were like, "What is that?" We're like, "You don't know." <laughs> There's no you were born then. too late. Yeah. You yeah. got to be that older cool kid, yeah. or the older. grown-ups are talking. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, we're 16 and we're saying this to 12-year-olds and shit. Yeah. Um, so we would, I would go there all the time. We never had money, 
and we would just either fish for tokens in the coin slot and yeah. use those, or after a while we started like cleaning the the windows of the arcade machines and we'd get paid in tokens. Wow. Or we would go. There was a Taco Bell and a McDonald's across the street, and we would go get food for the employees who were just high, like high school kids that were older than us. Right. And there were a couple guys in their 20s that worked there and which we didn't know at the time but now we're like oh those guys were just like losers like they had no <laughs> direction you thought they were the kings of the arcade yeah though. yeah we're just like these guys are cool man they're veterans yeah they're, they yeah. have like their own cars and shit and we're just like oh they're like they're just nerds <laughs> One and, of them, yeah and then, and then you grew up they're like wow they had their own cars they could have driven anywhere yeah and, and they still drove they could have driven arcade. to like a better job yeah, these guys are so cool <laughs> they sleep in their cars they're so cool right. they don't even need beds well there was one dude who worked there and he was a 24 year old old virgin and he was trying to be a cop that was like his thing but he never wow. could that's get not good by the way that's a lot of pent-up sexual frustration that yeah, he's gonna yeah. take out on innocent civilians he yeah. had a temper problem too yeah, yeah but he was fuck. like he was the nicest guy until you sort of got him mad and then he would explode over what over anything if you told him he wasn't that good at a game he would lose his mind if you told him his car wasn't that cool please tell me this guy is not a cop <laughs> i don't know that he became one but when you look at his personality it's like he probably did because so many right. cops are like that yeah, yeah. And, one, and one thing just sets him yeah. off yeah he had a pontiac fiera like a shitty little and we would he was like, it's actually pretty cool man i've worked on it and we would just <laughs> shit all over this thing and we're also like 15 none of us had licenses or cars yeah. but he would take it personally and we're like dude you should look at us and be like shut your kid mouths i have a car you're like coming up with the comebacks for, yeah <laughs> you're, you're coming up with the comebacks for him yeah yeah, yeah. You're like like no dude why aren't you hitting us back about yeah about this we're like there's so much more to make fun of when it comes to us you know so we would get guys like him food and he would pay us in tokens and shit and then we eventually learned how to steal tokens directly out of the arcade i was machines. just gonna ask yeah and oh dude we would just line our pockets with tokens that we figured out how to we We'd break into the because they were arcade games are set up in cabinets, yep. right? Yeah, and they would just reuse the same cabinet with a newer game, so you could just plug in the brains pretty much into it. So the cabinets would just get beaten down and older, mm-hmm. and they'd unscrew the same screws and rescrew. So after a while, the screws would go into this like cork board, it's not even like real wood, yep. and they would not be in there super tight. So you could kind of like jimmy it open, cool. and then you could sneak your hand in and hit the, the little like uh, the thing that registers that the token went in so oh, when you put in a token this little like metal thing yeah. flicks back and it gives you a credit so, you, so we learned how to get in there and just flick this thing and that's repeated. how you learned how to finger a chick exactly <laughs> that was our first sign into so life. anytime a guy yeah. fingered a chick we call it giving her the token yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you put the token uh, in yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I totally gave her the token last uh, night really that's awesome that is a genius yeah. and such a I would feel bad if you were kids that, that loved the arcade that didn't figure out a way to yeah, fix you're the in system yeah you're in there that it much t- it actually took us a while because none of us had like the minds of thieves but yeah. we were just like wait that screw is a little loose and we're like oh shit I wonder what's behind and then we're like dude I think if we hit find that button awesome. yeah. it'll just so we would just give ourselves like 50 credits and then one day I was like Watch wait a out, minute last level of Galaga exactly yeah <laughs> Galaga and, and uh, uh, not not Street Puzzle pa- Fighter Paperboy was, like, was it yeah Paperboy they had Turtles and, NFL Blitz all the Mortal Kombat yeah But not all of those were accessible because some of those cabinets were newer. But so one day we were like, you know what? These tokens, after they hit that sensor, they got to fall somewhere, right? And then I'm like, 
I think if we reach down low enough, there'll be a bucket of tokens there. Wow. So one day, I was like the tallest, I had the yeah. longest reach, so I'm like, all right. Were I'll, you driving this, this heist too? Were you like the brains? Of yeah, the, I like spearheaded the... Awesome. Uh, oh, so God. I reached down there, and then my hand just hit like... Describe this. that feeling, by the way. It was the feeling of... you know. In That's the, like the first time Scrooge hit in, his yeah, fucking... In the beginning of DuckTales. Did you yeah. ever watch that cartoon? Uh, all the time. Okay, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was you, another, you, you came to the right place. You're talking yeah, to two guys who reference it more on this Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So w- when he's when he jumps into his vault and he's like s- you know swimming down right. the the giant yeah. you know uh, millions sea of, of dollars yeah, yeah. of coins yeah. that's what it felt like oh. I was like this is what being in the opening <laughs> credits of Ducktales feels like you just your feel hand like you could conquer the world your hand is just covered in what like you know it's not real silver but it feels like no, it's when lead. you're just like oh so I just like reached in and pulled this handful of tokens oh, out and I was God. like guys we're millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> And we're just playing every game that we want, and the employees are just kind of like, "How do these guys all of a sudden get money? They never have money." <laughs> you're you're like wa- you're like walking up to people that are dying, like, "Don't worry, I got gotcha. you." Yeah, you I just throw in a token. Here's two you tokens. Were like Robin Hood, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That's and, incredible. Yeah. Okay. So we just started playing all these games, and then I just started getting really good. And I was like, my goal is to have my my initials on the top ten of every single arcade game and there were like 50 or something shit and then so i just started playing every single game and getting good at every single game and getting the top oh my god 10 or top five there's a game called top skater have you ever heard of that yes yes so i was the best at that game that there there could be in that in in the whole town the whole town of anyone that ever went there you what part could, of LA again? In La Crescenta. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, which is north of Glendale, off the 210, west of Pasadena. No, I know Dele grew up in La Cunada. Yeah, so close? The, the town right next okay. door. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's how we kind of first became friends. We're like, uh-huh. you grew up like right down the street. We like, crazy. have you ever go here? Another guy, go yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, so Pasadena adjacent as well? Yeah, we are west of Pasadena okay. by like 15 minutes, north of Glendale by like 12, 15 minutes. Gotcha. So... I started getting really good at that game, and I started getting. There were two versions you could play: the the outdoor and then the indoor. Yeah, and then wasn't that the game where it actually had the skateboard? Yeah, the, yeah, and then yeah. the rails you had to hold on. And right, and then you would like slam onto the back exactly to yeah, to, yeah. To, to to make your yeah. guy jump. I got so good at it that I would see other people play, and I'd go, "Hey, can you guys not slam on the board really hard? It fucks with the calibration." <laughs> I was just some teenager, and they're like, That's "Do amazing. you work here?" I'm like, "No, but I play this game a lot and I hang out here a lot." Um, so if you guys could just be cool, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. really hard. Hard to ollie and do a kickflip yeah, yeah. you like slam onto it too, too yeah. hard and then especially in the street course where I really like that railing where there's like a triple yeah. point score at the end of it if you could yeah not. a nose grind of aerial flips really <laughs> difficult if you're gonna just beat on the sensor like that wow. so unless you're gonna be a dick <laughs> and keep doing it otherwise I'm gonna have to ask you to take it easy it was, that was like that was like your baby it really was so I played oh. it so much I got so good that I had the top 20 on both the outdoor and the indoor. And if anyone came in to play it and mm-hmm. got on the top 20 at number 17, I go, well, I got to play four times and knock that motherfucker out because I only wanted my initials. Wow. So one day I'm playing and then this guy's watching me and he goes, dude, you're really good at this. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then I finish and he looks at the top scores and they're all my initials. He goes, is that you? I'm like, yeah, that's all me. He's like, dude, I can't seem to get good at this game. And this dude was like in his like late 20s or 30s. He's yeah. just some guy. And he goes, I just can't figure out how to like get these combos and all this stuff. He's like, can I give you a couple bucks and just watch you play to see how you do it? I was like, I, I mean, 
are you going to kidnap me? Like, is this like how yeah. this? Because I was just a kid. Pretty sure like, this. I saw this as a, in an after school yeah, special one time. Yeah. And then he goes, "Well, come out to my van now and let's yeah. talk <laughs> tactics and how to my controller how to use a joystick." Yeah, 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 yeah. Show me how to fifty fifty ground in this piece of paper. <laughs> slams door, drives me to desert, buries my body. I call this putting in a token. Yeah. No, no, that's my move. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get raped. Yeah. Okay. So he gives me twenty dollars in tokens, and he goes, yeah. "Just play." And I go, all right. And I just played and played and played and played. And you just played. wanted to study your yeah my my maneuvers as if this was real skateboarding. Right, it was crazy. As, so, as if like the ESP, the ESPN X Games people were, were going to walk in that day and be like, wait, yeah, are you killing it at Top Skater? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a story. Somebody actually. call Stussy. Here's <laughs> here's all the Stussy. Here's all the Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. that you want. Yeah, and then just like models dressing like Mountain Dew bikinis. I'm just like, what's up, guys? I'm the Top Skater champion. Um, but I have a, a story sort of about that after. Okay. Oh, so he goes, uh, just play. So I played, and then he's kind of picked up a couple things. And to his credit, he started getting better. Mm-hmm. And he started, like, never would crack the top 20, but he, his game improved. And wow. I came in a week later, and he was there. And I was like, he's like, hey, man, check this out. And he starts playing. I was like, oh, you've gotten a lot better. So I started getting a little arrogant about my skills. For sure. Yeah, with top skater you and stuff. You know, protégés. Yeah, yeah. I had a protégé, and I had the, the top 20 on the leaderboard, and people would ask me how to, like, get better. So That's unbelievable. So you kind of, I mean, let's be honest, kind of started to become the fuck, like, the Michael Jordan of this place. Of yeah, of that game. Yeah, but yeah, and like. But I mean, your word would spread about your, uh, your yeah, skills. my abilities. Yeah. yeah. So th- there was a game called Puzzle Fighter word that around town. I, that the Asian kids were really good at. The a lot of Koreans that grew up out there. Yeah. Okay. But they were like insanely good at this game. So I started getting good at that, and then so it would be me on player one, and then an Asian kid, and then a line of other Asian kids waiting to play, and me just beating the shit out of all of them, one by one by one. One of them wanted to fight me because he thought I was being. <laughs> Being like, uh, I was hey, taunting man. them too much. Hey, were you? Because I was like, oh, watch this move right here. It's like, oh, oh, you're you're still alive until oh now. And then I hit this oh, thing, and all, all these like gemstone things would crash down. But I think I got really mad at me for sure. But like, but that's part of the game, shit talking. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I don't think you've truly lived a male life in America until you've almost come to blows. Over yeah. a video game, yeah, yeah. With, with your oh, buddies. I'm sure we've all got stories. Yeah. I almost killed my best friend over a game of Madden because he threw <laughs> right. my controller and it broke a window. Yeah, and it was—I mean, it was just you know—that was in sixth grade. Yeah, yeah. I could have killed somebody in the sixth grade, and I was like, definitely like, you just get so fired up because, oh, I know. and so the taunting, especially too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, my roommate in college, uh, we played Madden all the time. He was always the Cowboys. I was always the Broncos, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it got to the point where, like, he had he bought about eight really cheap PlayStation controllers because he knew he would break them. Right. Like, he knew he would just get so frustrated really that he would just chuck them against the wall. Yeah. And say, God damn it! Yeah. It you does know. feel good to do that. Oh, it feels so the, good. Because you're blaming the controller as right. if it's its fault. <laughs> you're like, if this button worked better, yeah, yeah. and then you throw it, and you feel good, and then yeah. you're like, now I need a new controller. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. Would you ever lose your cool, yeah. or was it always giving it out? I would people? lose my cool all the fucking time. Yeah. I have punched so many video game screens... I've tried to break Super Nintendo controllers with my, and I'm just, I would, I'd just be like, fucking, bro. I would yell at it for not breaking. Wow. Like, I would get so mad because I'd be so competitive yeah. with myself. Yeah. And that was sports for me. It was yeah. like, the, you know, because yeah, you're, you were not an athlete. No, no, no. Okay. I played recreationally basketball with yeah. my friends and I was like pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, so my arrogance with Top Skater got to the point where this employee was like, hey, man, you know that, uh, that guy that was just playing that game? He was asking who the top scores were and who, who got them all. 
And he, I'm like, did you tell him it was me? He's like, yeah. He goes, you know, he works for EGM Monthly. Which is what? Electronic Gaming oh, Monthly. Shit. So EGM. Okay. And that was like the big magazine back in what, A, when there were magazines. And, right. and for video games. It went, it went Nintendo Power yeah, and yeah. then EGM. And that one, yeah. And I think <laughs> okay. there was another one that, that I can't remember the name. But Nintendo Power. So oh, Jesus. He goes, yeah, that guy works for that magazine and he wants to like talk to you about how... <laughs> good. And I was like, "Get, are you serious? This seems like the plot of a mid-90s Disney movie. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. And then I get scout. super successful. Well, hey, yeah. it, it, it kind of was the wizard with fred savage oh yeah oh i remember that movie that's true please tell me you've seen that too. i saw it when i was a kid okay my yeah, favorite yeah. Remember line, his brother my favorite line christian slater's in that it movie. and um bo bridges yes oh my god this is like a time warp right it's now. unreal that movie fred savage they go on a road trip to the video game championships yeah. yes. they're going to nationals and then, yeah. and, and then yeah. during the final game or during like the, the there's like that super bad, mario 3 there's that bad Video game player. Yeah. I'll know. I'll, I'll know what his name was. Yeah. But then at some point, he busts out in perfect product placement, the best mm. product placement in the history of all all the movies. He busts out something called a Nintendo Power Glove. Yeah. Oh yeah. Puts yeah. that on, fucks up the wizard, and then just looks at him and goes, "The Power Glove. It's so bad." And then he like yeah. kissed his fingers. Yeah. yeah. And you, you just thought like everybody oh, bought one after that, that. That's the most evil man on the planet. The, yeah. And then like everyone ran out and bought Power Gloves. That's so funny, yeah. dude. <laughs> but that's but that I mean, so that that's a real okay. Well, this kid didn't get scouted, but the idea that so they they said what to you? EGM. Well, he, he goes no. The, the employee goes. He wants to come back yeah. and interview. He said he's going to come back tomorrow. And I was like, dude, what time? I'll be here. He's like anywhere between like six p.m. and ten p.m. And I was like, dude, I'll be here. So I get there like five thirty. I'm hanging out all night. No show. I'm like, oh. where's this guy? He's like, yeah, he called and said he wasn't going to be able to make it, but he'll he'll come by tomorrow Jesus. around the same time. I'm like, fuck. All he right, wants to see how bad you want it. Yeah, I get. I get, I didn't know. I yeah. assume, I'm like, dude, whatever this guy wants, I'll, I'll come he's back. Mind fucking a sixteen. You were sixteen, right? <laughs> I was like somewhere. Yeah, fifteen, yeah. sixteen. And then, so I came back the next night, and he wasn't there. And he goes, dude, he, he, I don't know what, he didn't even call this time. He just didn't show up. He's like, but he'll be back. He said he really, really wants to do this. And I was like, all right. So a few days goes by, and he doesn't, the employee doesn't bring it up. And I go, hey, dude, whatever happened to that uh, EGM magazine writer guy? And he goes, what? And I go, the, that, the guy you said you saw playing Top Skater that worked mm-hmm. for the magazine said he wanted to interview me. He goes, oh, yeah, man, I, I just made that up. I was just fucking with you. That son of a and bitch. And I just stared at him. Guy, dude? I and just... I was like, you mother fucker. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and he goes, that, that's a lesson in like being uh, an arrogant and like Mr. Showoff know-it-all about that game. And I was like, how? <laughs> I was just, I'm like, yeah, maybe I was like, I thought it was like kind of hot shit, but no, you that, can't do that's that. That's an extreme kid. level of fuckery. Yeah. And by the way, who's the guy working there? That, that's like, okay, all the things are going on in the world. There's yeah. poverty, there's disease, there's right. famine, but this guy thinks he's good at top skater, time to be a hero. Yeah, I'll like, show him. Yeah, let's fuck. bring him down a peg. And he yeah. totally had forgotten about it completely. Meanwhile, the last four days, I'm just like, dude, this is the fucking coolest thing. You thought your life was about gonna... to change. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh that my is, God, I'm going to be the first video game celebrity. I know. Like, talk about a giant prank. Kids are the worst, man. Some kid came up to me. Oh, we've talked about this before. Where when I was, my folks split up when I was nine. Some kid came up to me on the playground, like it. I think a year later, and was like, "Hey, man, uh, my mom told me your parents got back together." And I was like, "Holy shit, what, what? dude? <laughs> life." I'm like. This is the greatest day ever. I'm fucking like just playing even harder at fucking kickball. I'm just like, this is the greatest day ever. I go home, I'm like, mom, yeah. She's like, what? No. And I'm like, uh oh, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Oh, my God. That's fu- what did Kids you do to that kid the next day? I mean, 
Well, rest in peace, Jacob Seidlinger. No, I, uh, <laughs> I had to make him disappear. He's, he had to He's, go. He, had to uh, go. He, he found that guy that had the van that wanted the lessons. Right, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I just called him. I think I just said, like, why did you do that? Like, I, I, there, and he was like, yeah, it's funny. And I was like, that was, like, really mean. You know, yeah. that's when mean was still, like, a term you used. Uh, yeah, right. And I was like, that. I felt really bad about that. I, like, oh. cried a lot. He was like. I was joking, like so defensive, like, well, that's on you for being a pussy about it. Like, I was just joking. Yeah, man. Did you have a pretty good childhood? It was pretty good. I mean, I was like, I didn't have a lot of friends. When I look back, it was like, it wasn't that bad. But like, I had not a lot of friends and a lot of social anxiety and didn't have like a place to fit in. And everything was just really uncomfortable. But like, when how how would you fit in? How did you like eventually? I mean, being being funny. Yeah. Yeah. The classic story of how you became a comedian is like, that was the one thing that got you positive attention. Yeah. So I was like, that's my identity now. Here we Mm -hmm. go. Now, did you, you, were you seeking like, so, so you, you had anxiety and you were like, all right, eventually I need to like, I mean, were, people, were parents or teachers saying, hey, you need to participate, you need to be more social. And you're like, well, I don't feel comfortable doing that. But then when you found comedy, you're like, oh, that makes me want to Yeah, pr- I mean, pretty much. Like when you're a kid, you don't know what social anxiety yeah. is or how, you just know that you're scared to like be confident about things or like get involved and meet new people and, and, and you know, express yourself yeah. or whatever. Raise so, your hand and even speak in front of the sure, class. Yeah. yeah. So the two ways I did it were like be funny and then get in trouble. So one, <laughs> one kind of led to the other because sure. in being funny in class, you're going to get in trouble because yeah. you're being disruptive. Yeah. So then I was like, I can either, I can do that and that's good or I can just be a troublemaker as well and that'll get me attention and none of it was intentional you just kind of were like i i want attention i want to go hand in hand yeah yeah so you kind of just start doing it you know and then it becomes your identity so i would get kicked out of classes all the time yeah i was a i was a pretty bad what was some of the most disruptive things you you um once there was this girl that kept throwing shit at me this was fourth grade so she, I was sitting in front of her, and then she just kept pelting me with shit in the back of the head, and I was like, I am going to fucking explode. <laughs> and then I was just trying to like stay, stay calm, and then she did it again, and then she did it again, and then I got up, and I was just like, fucking stop it, and I kicked my desk. It was back when they had the desk oh, with the yeah, desk right. and the chair were connected. Yes. yes. I kicked it so hard that the whole thing just lifted off the ground and just fucking flew. Not at, at her, but in her direction. Right. Because I wasn't even, I was just seeing red. I was yeah. just like, yeah. fucking stop it. And I kicked the desk and it just went flying and just the whole classroom just, you heard this gasp and then dead silence. Did it knock her out? Like, <laughs> no, it didn't, it didn't even hit her. It hit like part of the front of her desk and then But like, you sent a desk flying and that never, that desk, I mean, it looks like it's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, but well, it, it went somewhere, <laughs> and then I went somewhere, which was outside, for how to long? be yelled at for ten minutes. And the oh teacher was like, "Look, you have to stop acting like this. You're a good kid. You're a smart kid. You need to apply yourself. You can't be blowing up and, and doing all this did stuff." Did you even tell like, her what was happening? I did, but she's yeah. like, "Look, I understand, and I'm going to talk to her Look, about she's that." She's on her period, all right. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, know. Yeah. What you know how like, these Nick. bitches yeah. get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, geez, you're a cool teacher." All of a sudden, <laughs> you just called her a bitch. This is crazy. You want to hang out with yeah. her on my side? Uh, want to get a cup yeah, of coffee? Yeah. Yeah. And she was so hot too, the teacher. Of course. So of course I listened to her every word. I'm like, uh uh-huh, I'll do whatever you want. Oh yeah, you. Yeah. I'm so sorry. What do you yeah. want me to do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, fourth grade is the prime age to have a crush on a teacher. I think that's yeah. when it begins. Quite honestly, for yeah. me it was third grade. Um, but that's just because you know I, I mean hey I was shaving and deodorant in sixth grade. Yeah, you but, had uh, this voice yeah, in the fourth for grade. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I thought you want to come. I'll to tell my you head. what four yeah. plus three is. <laughs> <laughs> want 
would come to my t-ball game. You know, I did invite my third grade teacher to uh, a baseball game. Her name was Miss Robish. If you're out there, Miss Robish, I can't remember her first name. There's still there's still a chance at love, Miss Robish. Wow, no, she's probably in her fucking sixties now. I mean, uh, like I said, there's still a chance for love, Miss yeah, Robish. Hey, right. I ain't hating. I ain't hating. If she still looks good, but uh, so I invited her to my uh, baseball game, and she brought her boyfriend, and I remember oh, showing up, snap. and I, he shows up, and I, she's like, "Hey, this is my boyfriend, like Todd," uh-huh. and I just look at him, and in my head, I'm like. Hey, bitch, I don't remember telling you there was a plus one for this shit. Like, yeah. I said, Miss Robich, do you want to come to my baseball game? Not, do you want to come hold hands? And, and I remember just staring at him, yeah. and the dude even said, because I, as a kid, you don't mask. No. I'm not trying to act or, or not or put on the, you know, if you're at a party now as an adult and you see an ex and you can be like, hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah. And you can, like, you cordially, can fake it. you can right. fake it. I couldn't fake it. So I just stared at this guy, didn't say anything. And he goes, you going to say something, man? He goes, he goes, what, did you think she didn't have a boyfriend? And I was like, <laughs> he said that? yeah, man. He's like and stepping I just, to a third grader. Dude, I'll <laughs> never forget it because I. This reminds me of a Simpsons episode, actually. Yeah. <laughs> think about it. But go ahead. I'm just staring oh, at yeah, him. Bart like, and the babysitter. Yes. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Great call. Yeah, you See? won't be needing this anymore. Uh, and the guy's name was Todd. And what oh, was the babysitter's shit. name? The babysitter bandit, right? Uh, no, what that was, was a different it was, one. No, it was, it was played so. by the girl from Roseanne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Daphne. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, what was her name? Arlene. 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 Yeah. It's, it's, it's called Google. People. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. But so I just you know stared at him so hard and so angry that he picked up on it and then yeah started talking shit. But what but, a uh, dick. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that ended my crush. I was like, then I was in class and I would you know I would I started acting out more after that. You know, the next time I got in trouble. I memorized the Martin Luther King I Have a Dream speech uh-huh. and when we watched the video I went and I stood up in the back and like lip synced the whole thing to two of my friends like That's really funny. like hammy uh, yeah. and they're dying uh, laughing and she got so pissed and you know I if I had enough you know chutzpah at that age I would have been like you fucking you did you're a dick tease yeah. <laughs> you fucked with my emotions right you know, oh, was, oh are you mad at me why don't you go cry about it to your boyfriend that <laughs> I didn't know even existed yeah right Wait, uh, look, and now that I'm older I think like I, I can look at a situation like that and go imagine being that boyfriend to where you're like hey babe it's Saturday what are we gonna do and she goes let's go to my one, 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 one of my kids little league games uh-huh. and he was like Okay. Why? Why? Like, why are we doing yeah. that? Uh, because he has a crush on me, and it's kind of cute. Well, I'm gonna fuck this kid's life up. What an yeah. asshole! What a <laughs> dick. So, oh, so your teacher? What was her name? Do you remember? Miss Dexter. Yeah, she ended up leaving the school, moving to San Francisco. Soul crushing. Yeah, and I was like, man. I remember once, in I think it was fourth grade. Actually, I had a crush on this girl that was in second grade, and then. Her name was Brittany, and I was like, dude, Forbidden I, love. I love this girl, right? She yeah. was so pretty. She was like blondish, I'm like, I think blue eyes, or something like that. She was yeah. like the most perfect looking girl at the time. So I told my mom about it, and I was like, mm-hmm. I really like this girl. And how, you know, how do I show her? How do I tell her? And she goes, oh, that's really sweet. Maybe you should tell her or give her a present or whatever. So I got in my head, I'm going to get her flowers. And at an early age, isn't mm-hmm. it crazy? Women yeah. are like, yeah, shower them with gifts. They yeah, don't yeah, let them yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what you do. Like, what else yeah, are you going to do with that? Totally. Age? Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and so I got her. Oh, no, that wasn't Brittany. That was a different girl. Uh, but same scenario. So I went and got flowers. You're the Lothario. And I know. Well, <laughs> I wish any of it worked. But so I got her flowers yeah. and then I gave them to her at school, like right after class or at lunch or something like that. Bold and, move, by the way. Not oh, yeah. an easy thing. No, no. To get no. them and you're holding on to them all day. Yeah. Thinking about it all day. Yeah. And, and then what? Pe- and, pe- and people are probably asking you, like, hey, who are the flowers for? You're like, oh, it's for Brittany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
or what was her? I can't remember her name. Um, and then Letitia. I, I t- yeah, would be great. Um, the, a name with that. How could you forget that? I'm like, what was it? Was it Sarah? Oh, Letitia. Oh, yeah. Um, so I gave him to her, and she was like, oh, thank you. And then she was really like, oh, that's you're very nice. Oh, you know, whatever. And then she ended up not coming to school the next day and then told her mom, who then told the principal that oh, no. what happened and it made her really uncomfortable. So I got in trouble. What the For f- getting a girl yeah. flowers? What? So I got pulled out of class. Yeah. And then the I think it was her teacher and the principal were like, so we need to talk to you about this uh, situation. Uh, you know, you gave this girl flowers and stuff. And, you know, that, that was a nice gesture. But it made her uncomfortable, and she didn't feel comfortable enough to even come to school. So we're going to have to ask that you not do anything like that. And I was like, I didn't go up and just put my <laughs> hand up her skirt or right. It was a romantic gesture, it was, wow. I thought. Flowers. And then I got in trouble That's for it. That's crazy. And didn't you tell yeah. him, like, by the way, my my mom, who I'm pretty sure is an actual <clears throat> lady, yeah. uh, she was the one that told yeah. me to do it? This is- yeah. So they were just like, you know, you can't you can't do that because it made oh her uncomfortable. God. And I was like, well, OK, that must have happened prior to you that another girl like got made uncomfortable to where they had I mean, to start maybe uh, implementing yeah. that rule of like boys can't make girls feel weird. Yeah. Or feel anything, apparently. Feel anything. It's all, yeah. <laughs> so it might have been the beginning because I remember by the time I was in like eighth grade, the sexual harassment uh, no tolerance. Movement. No, yeah, yeah. Was like in full effect. Yeah, right. So maybe by fourth and fifth grade, it was kind of beginning at the middle school, high school level, and, level and trickling down to the elementary. So they were probably like, "Look, even if it's something that is a nice gesture, if it makes a girl feel uncomfortable in anything resembling a yeah. sexual manner, like love mm-hmm. or like, or I want to kiss you or whatever, yeah, just yeah. just squash Jesus. it. Oh. So I think that's what it was because I mean, I didn't do anything to like make her feel weird in yeah. any like creepy I didn't even no. know how to be creepy yeah. at yeah. 10 by the way I just you're knew so I loved her. Yeah. yeah what was the one thing because uh, I'm curious because you're sober too right yeah three and a half years uh, congrats thank you well done. Um, was there and you can answer one of these or both of these but mm. a one moment that the principal goes Nick Youssef you're out of here yeah. and was there one moment where you said to Booze Booze you're out of here like what was the I have uh, examples for both of those. Great. Okay. So the first one, you're out of here. The <laughs> the one I remember the most, and forgive me if I've told this on another podcast, I may have, but I was in PE, and we were always like, I, we never wanted to play any of the things. We'd either never get dressed, or if we did, we'd pick the easiest sport. We Would always you just had... sometimes wear your own clothes, and they'd be like, oh, Nick, put on the PE. Yeah, and I'm like, shirt. I left him at home. Or we would we would not wash them for so long that they would just be so dirty that she's like I don't smelly. want you wearing yeah. that like just stay in your regular yeah, clothes probably getting sick we win yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we'd sneak to the end of the playground and like smoke cigarettes or whatever like ha, she smoked yeah. cigarettes early on yeah I kind of like he on and off when I was like from twelve or thirteen to like sixteen seventeen then I quit wow. from eighteen to twenty one and then I started from twenty one yeah. Uh, thanks to the comedy store, <laughs> just uh, being just gonna, yeah, 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 hanging out at clubs. Like, and hey, just, man, you yeah. gotta have a vice, and it's like if you yeah. cut out booze, and right, uh, right, that's right. a big one. Yeah, and so, so you're right. at PE, and right? So I we we picked tennis because that was the easiest. Yeah, sure. and you could just stand there, just do home run derby, and just smack tennis balls as hard as exactly. Hard as you can. Yeah, and it's fun. Perfect. It gets out some like you know shots fired, Pete Sampras. It ain't that tough. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we picked that one for that reason and because it was kind of tucked off around the corner and then the PE teacher would always be down on the lower level because he could watch the 
the handball and basketball and football all at the same time. Yep. So we're like, oh, we can sneak off here and not even really play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we started kind of playing a little, and then I started getting a handle on it and getting a little competitive. So then we just kind of started playing, playing. Yeah. And then one day I got so mad because I kept hitting the ball on the net. And mm-hmm. then it would either not go over or go over, but you can only do that once on a serve, right. I think, or whatever the rule was. And it kept happening because I was trying to get it to slice right over the net and uh, make it hard for you know the opponent to hit at all. So, And I was just way beyond my <laughs> skill level, but I was like, <laughs> sure. I'm going to get this good of at course, it. Yeah. And so I was reaching so far, and it was something I couldn't even do, that I would start getting mad that I couldn't do this thing that like, you'd have to be so good to do. Sure. So one day, I just got so furious with the ball hitting that that I took the racket and just flung it as hard as I could into the fence. Oh, God. And, of course, at that moment... McEnroe style. Yeah. Is that, would he have a John McEnroe was the biggest yeah, temper really. of all... Yeah, yeah throw rackets throw all the time. Right, yeah. yeah. So I was the McEnroe of my husband. <laughs> Just minus being good on any level at all. <laughs> so, all the anger, none of the skill. Yeah, exactly. So this thing just went... And just yeah. flung into the, into the fence. And, of course, at that moment... At the day I decided to do it was when the PE teacher was rounding the corner to see how the tennis no. kids were coming no. along. No. Right, right, right. He rounds the corner, and this racket is just cutting through the air. Hey, guys, how you doing? Do, I mean, did he have some sort of dialogue pre-smack? Before he could <laughs> even say a word, that was the first thing he saw, and then he immediately knew it was me. He just <laughs> he sees it. The, the, he's like, what the hell was that? Nick, that was you, right? Jesus. And I was like, yeah, it was. And he's like... Why are you throwing tennis rackets? I'm like, because the fucking thing won't go over the thing. And he's like, okay, first of all, you can't throw rackets. And B, you're cursing. You're out of here. Go to the dean's office. You're done. And I was like, well, it's not my fault anyway. It was never my fault. Sure. No matter what I did, that was obviously always my fault. It was never my fault. Well, I mean, the racket wasn't cooperating. <clears throat> yeah, it was a racket, much like with the, the controllers. Yeah. <laughs> it's the controller's fault. Right. These Nintendo guys are setting me up. Now that I think about it, I have seen you try to work out a new bit. It doesn't go well, and you take the mic and throw it off the stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll unplug it and then just hurl yeah. it against the wall. It's the microphone's yeah, fault. Obviously. And then I get home and break a pen because it's the pen's fault for not writing. Oh, yeah. computer. Computer, you yeah. think you're getting away with this too? Break that. It's the key's fault. They weren't typing right. Yeah. It's in my head so funny, but it's not coming out with the tools necessary. Uh, so, uh, all right. That's, uh, that's, uh, I also feel like though, because my buddy is a principal at elementary school, or middle school, and he says, I hate him already. He, well, he says so often though, he's a great dude because he comes down on these teachers who so quickly toss kids out because right. they're fucking lazy. So, I mean, was there a part of that or were you really that obnoxious? I was obnoxious, I was lazy, and I was, always instigating i always mm-hmm. needed i had a i mean such a problem with authority yeah. that if you were in a so position, it was building up this was yeah, yeah i would if you were in a position of authority i didn't like you and i would do whatever i can to make you lose your temper because i just had no respect for it even mm-hmm. my first few years in comedy i me and a couple of comics had like you know who could get banned from more open mics wow <laughs> yeah i hit 13 or 14 open mics by the time I stopped doing them, I was wow. just banned from thirteen. Because I couldn't go. How would you? That's crazy. Go too long, or I would. I would run the light. Yeah. I would curse if you weren't supposed to. Uh-huh. I would get into arguments with with the host because I was just like, you can't tell me what to do. Wow. 
I'm just like, can, I'm just not going to stand for it. And there's a sport for you. Almost. Yeah, I'm like, you can't tell me not to curse. I can do whatever I want. Or the owners of like coffee shops and stuff, you can't curse. Fuck you, I'm cursing. They kick mm-hmm. me out. Yeah. And then finally, I mean, you. I guess it's just what growing up or just growing up. Were, yeah. you, were you drinking at this point too? Getting kicked no, out I open mean, mics. No. I didn't. No, no, no. I when I was from 18 to 21, I never because I knew better. I, yeah. I couldn't be drinking and and driving because yeah. you can't. You have to blow a point oh 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 when yeah, you're right. under 21. And I was right. just like, it's. And I wasn't really just like a big drinker or, or anything a little bit when i was a teenager and then i just knew better because i was like i need to do comedy if i get a fucking dui because i went to a party and had a drink it was just what wasn't worth yeah. it so yeah. did you isolate did you have friends in when you started to come up doing stand-up or were you isolating yourself from everybody because no no were- i i made friends because i knew i i kind of had to because i wanted to find out this is before the internet that you had to find out where open mics were you couldn't go to a comedy Jesus bureau Christ, or, right. or whatever so i yeah i made friends we all kind of had that thing in common. We were all outsiders kind of getting into this thing. None of us knew anyone. And I was the youngest, so by by years and years, you know, everyone I knew was in their 20s. So they would they would treat me like like the kid we got to kind of watch out for. And Who were like your uh, guys you... Your I started with like David Taylor, Ari right. Shafir. Um, uh, who else was around when I first started? So many people are gone. Like I just yeah. quit. Well, sure. Wow. James Painter, if you were around when that guy was there. No. Um, Bobby was not too far. Bobby Lee, ahead I of met you, right? when I first my first year in comedy. He, he was yeah. hosting the comedy store up in Mike, so he would always put me on. So we became friends pretty early. It's awesome. I used to do the Westwood Bruco up in Mike a lot. Yep. So that would be yeah. like guys Adam like Adam Hunter. Joe, Adam Hunter. No, no, that, that was that. he had a show. Yeah, it was a Tuesday night open mic. Oh, okay. But that was like, I mean, every every Tuesday it was Brody Stevens, Maria Bamford, Zach Galifianakis, wow, Bob Oshak, wow. Joe Wagner, Aaron Lee were there a lot. Bill Dwyer, the Sklar brothers, all Jeez. those guys were on right. a weekly basis. And I was like this 18, 19 year old kid. And the Bruco, for those of you who have never been, is in Westwood where UCLA is, which is yeah. upstairs of this big campus college bar. Yeah, mm-hmm. a tiny little like attic yeah. of yeah. a room that yeah. was sometimes packed and great and sometimes yeah. four people but everybody knew that it was there was never no you know, I always felt so comfortable to do anything <laughs> new even yeah. though there were so many comics there I was like hey, whatever yeah. like everyone knows what this room is it's that was like the scariest open mic in town though because guys on that level they weren't famous or anything back then but, Zach was just a dude but, like, yeah. yeah he was but he you was still respected. knew oh yeah but, but like because his skill level yeah. was so high what was he doing sure. when he was he was just doing like kind of the he started to do the weirder more conceptual stuff and, and uh, the great one liners and stuff yeah. and he was starting to it was right around or right before the time he did a set on on Letterman when Garofalo hosted that's yeah. the, the one that kind of broke him it was kind of right before or around that time um, and so yeah I, uh, go ahead I, I, I started making friends in yeah. comedy and like and being able to express myself and do that kind of started calming me down and, and all that shit so um, I wasn't like so insane and getting some and obviously probably finding out that you were good at it right and starting to figure it yeah, out getting a little that, validation yeah. Yeah. For, for something that was that felt real and then you know? you're like alright well I don't want to fuck this up right. so I have to right. probably tone it down a bit yeah and in certain yeah, yeah scenarios there were still I mean look I had a lot of like you know ideals I was like when you're young you're extra idealistic and you don't know better in certain arenas so you were just like I believe this should be this way so fuck you if you don't agree yeah and a lot of that and it, you know it took some time to learn how to be an adult and stuff and you know I, I got away with a lot because I was they're like he's just a kid he's just 19 he's just right. he doesn't and know and I think that, that is valid yeah. sure totally because I mean, it's true you don't know when I look <laughs> yeah, at yeah. fucking Bieber and I'm like yeah. dude the worst he People were like, can you believe he peed in a fucking trash can in public? He yeah. bought a monkey. He smoked weed on a plane. Yeah. I'm like, he's fucking 20, yeah. man. I yeah. had a whole bit on Justin Bieber that w- was that exact angle. I was 
because everyone makes fun of him, and I def- I had a whole bit where I defended his I behavior because mm-hmm. maybe when I look it back, a part you, of me man. I was like yeah. I was I was kind of like a that. thousand percent you were yeah, yeah, because yeah. you would essentially like you were Bieber but without the money and fame. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Bieber, I, Bieber McEnroe is the name of your next album. <laughs> right, right, right. That bit is on my first album. Yes. Yeah. And stop. I, I ne- stop not owning this. Yes. Yeah. And I never do the bit anymore, but it's on that album. Yeah. Um, which we, just I released for free yeah. on my I, on my podcast with Kevin Christie. Oh shit! So it's the last bonus episode, which is the one before this new one that came out this week. The so, podcast is occasionally awesome. Occasionally awesome. Yeah. yeah. So and, you can download that for free, and if you want, it's all one track. But if you want it, multiple tracks, buy it on iTunes. Uh, and and your album you also released on vinyl? Yeah. Why, now, why, why'd you do that? Because I'm an obnoxious hipster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, First of all, let me say, uh, listen to the album. You yeah. recorded at La Jolla Comic Store. Yes. It's fucking great. Dude. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's called um, Stop Not Owning This. Go yes. get it right now or after this podcast on yeah. iTunes like, or for free on your... For free on, on the podcast on SoundCloud. So you can find it there and click the download button. So or go to SoundCloud you- and type in uh, Stop Not Owning This. Or type in occasionally awesome, okay. and then it'll be it'll say bonus episode, and then my name in the album. Okay, and, great. Or it's on Spotify too, or great. all the streaming ones. So it's just it's kind of everywhere, and yeah. on vinyl. Well, yeah. So that story was because um, vinyl's coming back, kind sure. of sales, and a lot of bands are releasing shit. So my buddy Jonah Ray, who uh, people know from the Meltdown, from the Meltdown, yes, and the Nerdist podcast, mm-hmm. uh, he was like, "Hey, I'm starting a vinyl label under a special thing records, which is." They, they also release a lot of comedy on vinyl. So he's like, I'm going to start a label called Literally Figurative, and I want to release albums from comics I love and friends of mine. And wow. Jonah and I is another one. He used to go to the Bruco early on. We've yeah. known each other 14 years forever. Wow. Who loves music more, you or him? Because you might be, out of all my <laughs> friends, yeah. I, I don't know anybody who is more... Um, just has great taste, but yeah. also is like just constantly... I mean, I feel like you probably find a new band every week. Is that safe to say? Pro- probably yeah. yeah Jonah is way better at finding like more obscure bands right. that even I'm I'm like who you know he's <laughs> he's really good at that he comes from that like do-it-yourself punk rock background so mm-hmm. he's really into that kind of stuff and he he has great taste in music so, so he was like I'm starting a yeah. label and I want to I want to release stuff on vinyl and I want you to be the first release and I was like dude wow. I would I would love That's that amazing yeah it- and then we we put it out there. I did a spot on the Meltdown show then the the day before the release. Nice. And he gave out a copy of the album. Awesome. And so, so yeah, cool. he's a great dude. How cool is that to see for being a big music fan as you are to see your shit in vinyl form? It was crazy. The the, the best part was being able to go to Amoeba Records and mm-hmm. seeing it in oh, Amoeba yeah. Records. Wow. You've probably been there so many times. Oh, countless times. Trying yes. to get your fucking Phil Collins Greatest Hits album. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you do. And, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. seeing that in that stack. Yeah, it was... <laughs> It was, it was crazy. And, and I mean, because now, because uh, we can't exactly have, uh, like, I guess you can kind of hear it on some serious stations, but mm. the way they did it in, like, every movie about a band where the band's, like, driving down the road, and it's like, and now next is a new band that we just got. Right. And then they hear their song on the radio, and they just go ape shit. Yeah. Uh, for us, it's like, yeah, to see our stuff in... Uh, in a record store I used to go to Best Buy yeah. and just go to the comedy section and just look through all the Me albums and, yeah. just be, mm-hmm. and just pick out stuff someday. that I didn't have and be yeah. like yeah someday I'm gonna have stuff here yeah. and uh, yeah so that, that, that that's just gotta be so cool to, yeah that to was the coolest to seeing it on vinyl was awesome and then seeing it in a record store I've been going to for 15 years and then to see and then, artists, yeah. Yeah. and then to see a hipster pick it up and go eh 
Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You're like, uh, that hurt, but I'm still been kind of dreaming at this moment. It's right. awesome. Exactly. <laughs> Have you always been, has music always been a big part of, because that's, uh, I mean, shit, man, uh, you came with me to the Head and the Heart concert. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I feel like that's... Still one of the coolest things. Oh, for real? Uh, yeah, because that band and that, that first album of theirs really meant a lot to me. When around the time I quit drinking, I was like, no shit. I was listening to that album a lot, and there were certain songs that kind of reminded me of going through struggles and weird personal things like that. So I had a real like attachment to that wow. album. So when you were like, let's go to the show, I was like, dude, aw. and then to meet them and hang out with them, dude, and to see how cool I was really kind of reticent about doing that because I'm like, I don't like meeting my heroes. Sure, and, you really love them that much. Well, I mean. The, that album a lot of course yeah, yeah. yeah and and they're very talented yeah. and they turn out to be very yeah. cool but anyone that i even like like i use heroes just in the general sense, i totally hear you even if it's a band i'm into and they make music i like i i'm always like i don't know if i want to meet them because sometimes artists are fucking yeah. dicks and you want to keep them up there because it off. feels good to keep them up right there. Exactly. and yeah. you want them to stay you want them to be that that like platonic ideal that you have created for whatever it is you know mm-hmm. so you want to kind of leave it that way and then when you meet them it could rip that apart in any way either severely or just a little like, oh I thought they were they had similar taste in this yeah. as, so, as I did or, so after the show when because uh, my friend Charity uh, yeah. Theo, I've got to know the whole band but Charity yeah. and I went to high school and she's a phenomenal musician she's the sweetest girl the sweetest. she's the yeah. fiddle Player? Wow. Violin player? Wow. Dear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Violin player <laughs> yes. Uh, and singer. And singer. <laughs> and, and so she. I got it. Uh, w- so when I was I'm like, hip. we're going to go back. I'm with it. Uh, <laughs> were, did you have any sort of like apprehension? Were you- I did for a minute, but then. And I've told other people this too. They're like, oh, you met them. And they were like, well, why did you end up doing it? And I, I swear to God, I tell them this and not just because I'm on your podcast. And I was like, Adam Ray's such a good dude oh, thanks, that man. he wouldn't be friends with people that were probably like entitled fucking vain fucking rock, rock star they, ju- they just fist bumped in a magical moment yeah, yeah. Everyone. I, I don't visualize you hanging out with like douchebag rock star dudes no. that are dicks mm-hmm. to everybody no. and I'm like if he's friends with her she's gonna be cool yeah so I went back there awesome. and then we hung out yeah. until like 2.30 in the morning yeah dude and they were the greatest it was oh. rad stuck in the green room and they yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. that was that yeah. was rad that venue too it was the um, the Wiltern Wiltern yeah which is just a great venue for yeah, shows yeah it's so cool yeah um, okay so but you've always had a fascination for just music yeah. all over <laughs> it was kind of the first thing i really connected with at, and that kind of made me feel like less alone in the world you know i was like these bands that have these songs that i really identify with and um i can just sit there and listen to this stuff and if i'm going to be at home in my room with no friends i can listen to bands that are singing yeah. about either fun shit or depressing shit if wow. i'm feeling that and i just really really started taking to that form of expression being like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to consume all the music I can yeah. and get it wherever I can. And back then you couldn't just type in whatever and start listening to shit on Spotify. Right. You had to go find it. Yeah. You had to borrow CDs or like have your friend make a copy onto a cassette tape. Or, it on off the radio, which yeah, was yeah. always weird. Cause you always had, cause you always yeah. had the DJ yeah. coming in and, uh, interrupting the opening yeah. lick of the song, you're like, God damn it! Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that was after you called K Rock thirty thousand <laughs> times to get something heard, and you K Rock was the hardest station to get through to because it was so popular. You just be, mm-hmm. be busy, 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 and eventually shit. you'd get through, and you're like, play this Sublime song or whatever I was into, Pennywise or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. Know. 
uh, Southern California themed thing that they would uh, always play. Has there been a band that you've discovered recently that, um, like, how obscure have you got? Like, is there, like, have you found yourself in a conversation being like, yo, there's this, um, these two 15 year old Asian kids from Sweden yeah. that do all, you know, Tracy Chapman covers? Yeah. Or, like, I mean, is there just something They're really... actually a good duo. <laughs> well, um, that'd be great if that was a I, real thing. I, I believed yeah. you. I feel like it's right. not impossible. At this. I'm I'm also yeah. a big advocate of <clears throat> at this stage in life anything you say in jest is probably not far removed yeah. from actually there's probably, being yeah, there's probably true. something out there. Um yeah, so but I mean was there a group or from a or a specific type of music that you got introduced to and you were like oh shit this is There I mean now so like as an adult now I'm less interested in like finding the most obscure possible thing cuz it's time consuming mm-hmm. and it's like I have other things to do, so yeah. I'm not like spending. When you're in your early 20s and mid 20s, you don't have much of a life, yeah. so you're like going to every concert and talking about right. music a lot more and finding all the cool shit. And now I'm more like I'll find new stuff, you know, here and there. But I used to kind of gravitate to the things that you've grown to really love. Like I'm a big Wilco fan. Yeah. I love Radiohead. TV on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Radiohead. Yeah, I, th- um, I think it's even the, in the description of your podcast. Occasionally awesome, like yeah. these, like these two guys are going to talk about Radiohead way too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a great <laughs> bit uh, on your album. Uh, Stop not owning this. Yes. <laughs> uh, Stop not owning owning it or this. Yes. This. yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talk about just uh, um, the uh, there's no. It was easy. There's no band worthy of standing for three hours anymore. And then you right. basically break down with Radiohead, like the whole journey of being able to control the concert and like, oh, they didn't play my favorite song. Well, let me fucking play it while I'm in the car with my feet up, getting in and out. And right, then at right, home. right. Like it's right. it's so fucking true. I'm, I butchered your bit. I'm sorry. That's uh, <laughs> but uh, it was. I loved it because I just I'm that exact same. Yeah. I mean, I love concerts too, and uh, and but rarely have I been to one uh, at this point in life where yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that was. Um, I went and saw Hall Notes in San Diego about mm. five months ago, and I was definitely by far humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we get it. We get it. Your life you know, is awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. You surround every day with Hall with, with, with Hall and Notes. Right. Uh, if I could start every day with a Hall Notes concert, sure. I would. Yeah. Um, but I was by far the youngest person there, uh-huh. and uh, and we got yelled at so much by the older peeps there that were like, you know. They wanted to sit and enjoy the show, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, no, I'm gonna dance. I want to stand a dance." And uh, finally, they all stood up at the very end. Um, sure. But uh, but then I was like, "Well, you know, I guess. I mean, I don't want to stand <laughs> at this age for the whole thing, but at, right. at their age, I can't imagine." Yeah, there, there's certain like th- that bit was mostly about like festivals, and those yes. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just I don't have the energy. Yeah, yeah. For you it. did it. <laughs> yeah. you, you. I mean, it's remember we did the uh, all improv show at the uh, Nerdist. Where it was, oh yeah, uh, it was the like, new material, yeah, 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 yeah and you did thing, some, yeah. and you did some bit you'd never done about. I think you'd just gone to Coachella, uh, um, or what was it, or Bonnaroo? Maybe, maybe it was Coachella. What year did we do that show? I don't Man, maybe uh, a year ago. Maybe I don't two. remember what the material was. Some, uh, there's something about the the mud and the. Um, oh yeah, where people um, they're they're going to like. These festivals and dressing retro, they're yeah. dressing mm-hmm. from an era that they were never with or whatever, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and they're like creating their own Woodstock mud. But I'm like, right. you're doing it with like Fiji water, like it's not the same thing, you know? I forgot so all about that. Yeah, it's yeah, like that, dude. like like that was rain and necessity and boredom yeah. and drugs, and you're and you're and, and you're just like that yeah. could be us. And yeah, pour Fiji water. Yeah. yeah, you're acting like a hippie, but you're wearing like a nine hundred dollar <laughs> hippie outfit. You got a Barney's, and you're pouring Fiji water into yeah. dirt that you're turning into Woodstock mud yeah. or whatever it was. 
was, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you guys talk about on your podcast? Occasionally awesome. We talk about um, style a lot, uh, music, uh, art. Kevin's mm-hmm. like uh, Kevin Christie, the co-host. He is uh, an artist by yeah, trade and, and an actor. Yeah, he went to Art Center Pasadena, and he's like a he's a professional artist. Yeah, he's, he's done, done like covers al- for yeah. <laughs> album covers. He's done a couple like Kings of Leon ones. Um, wow. And some concert posters, and and he's had like work uh, in in certain in magazines, I think like the New Yorker and things like that. So he's been commissioned to do that kind of stuff. So he's like a legit artist. Um, so we'll talk about that because a lot of people don't know a lot about art, myself included. So we're like, why don't we do an introduction to like you know what to look for when you go to a gallery? And, yeah, you know that kind of stuff. Sure. So we've done that. We've done like fashion related things we did a watch episode like how to yeah. get into watches and and like you're a really stylish guy you've written stuff for uh, uh esquire magazine yeah so uh, what i would say is what do you like in terms do you have any common tips for guys or, or common mistakes that guys make when 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 it comes to fashion i would say i mean advice like the, the one general piece of advice <laughs> i always say is try and dress your age you know so if you see if you're 35 and you see what the 22 year olds are wearing and it doesn't really fit your age group unless you're like a 35 year old who's in a rock band then it's like yeah wear the tight jeans you know the bracelets and the crazy hair or whatever but like there comes a point and i don't want to ever tell people like don't act young or be young at heart or whatever but like you kind of are going to look a little ridiculous. Hey, man, uh, I had to go through a moment, probably mm-hmm. when I was like 29, when I had to go through my closet and be like, all right, there's way too many shirts with skulls on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, exactly. Brad, Brad just stood shirts. in front of his closet and goes, if you are a dragon or a snake and you're on a shirt, <laughs> please get out. Please and, leave. And, that, and I, I had to have that moment. And, 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 it was, <laughs> and I think it might have even been, yeah, I know, I know exactly the moment that it happened. I was headlining the Cincinnati Funny Bone, and they showed like a preview video, and they, they accidentally showed my actual preview video, e- 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 even though I was headlining that weekend. Yeah. And in the preview video, it was my clip from Live at Gotham, where I'm wearing a shirt that has two dragons on it, yeah. and that night, four years later, I'm wearing the same shirt oh, that has two dragons on it, right. and I'm like... Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. This has got to stop. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, like there's a way I think to combine like g- kind of what like the hip youth are wearing with being like someone who's say you're like 32 to 37 or 38. That's your and that you want to look cool. Like you don't run around wearing the tight clothing and the brightly colored weird you know shit mm-hmm. that like a young person who doesn't know what the hell he's doing with his life would be seen wearing. Because then you're yeah. gonna be kind of associated with that. Like that dude never grew up or whatever. Right. Like, you don't want to be like the guy who's. 37 yeah. who's like wait like there's a way like to look cool as an adult and not feel like oh i'm like a a, a grown-up kind of square it's like you can wear well-fitting jeans that aren't either too tight or too baggy or crazy that have a, like a nice like cut to them that aren't too slim but yeah. aren't too baggy and then like a cool pair of boots or something that look hip but also say like that's an adult who has a shit together yeah and then you know a cool kind of like button down that has like either polka dots or whatever kind of like now, pattern on now it. what are your thoughts about a guy in his early 30s that loves to wear purple pants that's like kind of lame right like that's like really Do awful you own purple pants someone at this table might own <laughs> i did own hey i lost pants. them they were maroon you lost yeah. your purple if pants you remember well they were maroon's maroon. not bad 
I feel like Samson just got his hair cut off. You lost your purple pants? Yeah, dude. It that, was might be, not a, that might have been the smartest reference I've ever made on this podcast, but okay. Yeah. Who made the pants? Um, <laughs> I want to say Banana Republic. Okay. Or, yeah, maroon's not bad. Like, bright red might be a little much or whatever, yeah. unless you're like a hip-hop artist or like yeah. a lead guitarist in a rock band. Yeah. Like, those people are leather pants or whatever. Like, yeah. you got to have that kind of job. But like, like, I've got a Reading Rainbow t-shirt, right? And yeah. I still like to rock it every now and then. Yeah, but that's I de- cool. But I definitely... <laughs> <laughs> he said that so yeah, kind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, no, you, no, no, you do I really that. Think, yeah, okay, like cool, having yeah. a vintage kind of ironic-ish t-shirt. Yeah. Totally still have but a few I also, of those. But I but I don't but you can't do that all the time. Yeah. Like and it's it's a it's a special occasion when I pull that out. Like but I all- saw this dude at a concert once with a much younger girlfriend. He was in his like early fifties. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to pull off that like I'm still a young, cool concert goer and he had jeans that were way too tight and a shirt that was way too tight and yeah. he wasn't in shape yeah. and he was older and he had like a glowingly brand new pair of Converse Chuck oh, Taylors no on. And you're like, dude, you purposely dress like this yeah. you're yeah. fucking 50 but throw on a cool looking fitted j crew shirt and then like dark jeans yeah. and a sort of beat up pair of vans or converse and then it's like all right that's just an adult on a night off and he's going out with his much younger girlfriend yeah it won't look go. like you're trying so hard yeah like that's the what that's what makes me uncomfortable is like super clean shoes is trying too hard huh yeah, with, with all that other stuff, because yeah. you knew he was like, "What shoes are going to match right. these super tight jeans yeah. and this tight he shirt?" Bought, yeah, he, he dressed bought like that, it was the first morning. day yeah, of school. Exactly. Right. You know, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. first day of school when you're like, everything's got to be perfect. The backpack's yeah. got to be clean. Yeah, you know, out, no this gum. outfit, everyone's going to know. Yeah, all new clothes at once is really uncomfortable to look at. But like <laughs> brand new jeans with a beat up shirt is cool. Or yeah. brand new shoes with like worn in jeans and yeah. whatever that. Yeah, you got to pace mix yourself. it up a little. Bit. Uh, yeah. You worked at the comedy store, right? For yeah, two years. Yeah, I think I met you. I met you after that, right? Probably. I worked there from late '03 to mid '05. Okay. Uh, b- before we uh, wrap up, I want to hear the uh, just your your comedy store experience to this point. Getting past hanging out there, working there. Um, okay. um, so from the very beginning, I started doing the open mics uh, when I was eighteen, nineteen, and then I because I didn't know anything about life and had no life experience. Sure. Yeah. I talked about being 18 or 19. Which is so, what you have to do. Cause yeah, because you don't know anything else. Right. And some, like, I would do, like, political humor because I read the paper a lot and I was involved. You know, and Have the, you always been that um, curious? Less about- so now. Like, I still follow it, but I don't, I don't really no. care to talk about it on stage. 30-year-old guys love seeing an 18-year-old kid going, you know what's yeah. wrong with this country. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Here's the deal with globalization. <laughs> um, yeah, like, what the yeah, hell yeah. do I know? Yeah, I, I read four or Noam Chomsky books. Now I know everything. <laughs> um, so I would do that kind of shit. And then the first few times I did it, um, Ari Shafir at the time was an employee there. And he came up to me and he's like, hey man, are you really like 18 years old? And with a big smile, I'm like, yeah, I am. He's like, cool, this club's 21 and over, so you're going to have to go outside. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> and then we, that's how we became friends. That, he would such like, an Ari move, too. Yeah, he would, he would make me stay outside. And I, if I would stood in the hallway, the, the stairway to the OR, he'd be like, oh, see where your foot is on the threshold there? You can't, you can't have that there because that's for over 21-year-olds and you are under 21. So we'd have that kind of relationship for a while. So... I would have but to at least that like made you comfortable being there, right? Somebody that was at least a like, little bit, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he kind of he would acknowledge me and kind of. That's how you, if you really don't like someone, you don't 
mess with them at all. Ignore them, yeah. Yeah, but if you are fucking with someone and, you know, regularly, you're like, yeah, you're kind of giving me the hazing thing. Yeah. Sure. yeah so that's and when how- you first start hanging around the store, like, and you don't know anybody, it's, that's why the people that don't go around much, they're not comfortable. Like, yeah. when I first started going, I, I was just so, it kept me away because like, I don't know anybody and like, yeah. the few people I do know, I have to hope that they're there. Right. And then when I finally like met Bobby, I, it gave me somebody of a value that was in there that I was mm-hmm. like, oh cool, somebody that, like that I can at least go and if he's there I can like right. chat with him for a minute and feel like okay I'm not completely out of my element here yeah so Ari was that for you and then yeah he was kind of like that and then and then I would do the open mic uh, pretty much every week but I never made it a point to do it every every week because yeah. back then it was awful and I, I literally just had to sit out front I couldn't talk with anyone so I was like I'll just do other open mics and you know this one sometimes and then by the time I turned 21 everyone that I kind of was friends with was working there so right. I was like you get, either you got to get me a job here after I turn twenty one, or I'm probably going to move to New York because the open mic scene here is fucking terrible, and I need to like Plus, progress. Yeah, yeah, and you were getting banned from all of them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so they they got me a job. So I turned twenty one on May third. I was hired there by August, and then I started working. I worked the phones Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. and I worked the parking lot Thursday and Friday night, and I worked the cover booth one or two nights a week. I have so much respect for the parking <coughs> lot. I only did phones, so it was yeah. like you know, you know, just dealing with the veils and, and saying yeah. all that bullshit and dealing with Tommy. Yeah. Uh, but the parking lot seems like just the most stressful thing of all time. It had its nights. The Thursday, Friday, surprisingly, <coughs> and and I say this back then. There is a back then and a now comedy store because sure. there are two different places. You really Absolutely. saw both worlds. Oh huh? yeah, 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 yeah. And it, I mean, it was practically closed for business you know yeah. back then it was just it was just so terrible so those nights were really easy on the lot you know i could be like by midnight i'm cracking a beer and drinking while still because yeah. there's no cars to move you know right and there were no rules then so you could smoke indoors and drink whenever yeah. you wanted it was just like it was fucking crazy and for people who don't know the comedy store lot is very it's not i mean it's not big for yeah it, it can fit comfortably probably 12 cars or something but they force 15 or 16 into it absolutely and it's, like, and, and, it's and then one guy has to figure if some, it all if somebody out. came at 9 and it's now 12.30 and they want to leave and it's packed with cars that one person has to somehow back out every car yeah right it's and crazy kind of play yeah. this really became, advanced Tetris game yeah it, it pretty <laughs> much exactly was, what yeah. it was. I got, car Tetris I, I got so good at it it's, it helped my parking skills all over Los Angeles <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. I can fit in that spot yeah. and people were like how the fuck did you do that <laughs> Yeah. Comedy store lot. That's yeah. how. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. did you ever have moments parking cars where some comic would like try to park there because he thought he could, and then you would have to tell him like, "Hey, buddy." Oh yeah, I'm like, oh, let me do it because if you hit a car, I'm gonna get blamed, yeah, and yeah, I have yeah, no yeah. money to pay anyone for a dinged fucking fender. <laughs> Who was like the most, uh, the biggest like name that you got to uh, meet through that as an employee? That when you were first like, "Holy shit, I just parked fucking Chris Rock's car." Or, Chris Rock always parks on the street, uh, or up. Yeah, because he just doesn't want to get his like car dinged up or he doesn't yeah. want to get trapped in the lot which I totally understand huh? um, probably the Wayans brothers I would see them a lot Tommy Davidson would always come in in like the biggest truck you've ever seen and I'm like <laughs> you really want to park this here dude you have money you got the money to buy this truck go park in the high I get right. so mad um, and then <clears throat> this was like before Russell Peters was coming around and all that um, so you're doing that so, you do, so then the lot Dice then, would come in a lot yeah. Joe Rogan was there a yeah. lot um, so yeah, you'd see them and they're like awesome cars and stuff. But I would always be like, hey man, you just park it here and take your keys because I don't want to be responsible for fucking up a Porsche right. or like a really nice Hummer or whatever, like whatever any of these guys had. So I was like, I tried to be as smart as I could about it because yeah. I'm yeah. like, I just don't want to be responsible for damaging yeah. a car. So I did those jobs 
for a while and then i got i showcased for mitzi like a couple of times i was i try to be careful about that and but i developed like a relationship with her talking to her on the phone a lot in the mornings and shit about what just like whatever either whatever she wanted to talk about like how are things at the club or how's your comedy going or she was still pretty sharp i mean she was like fairly sharp she had her days where she just thought you know was complaining about something and i'm just like i don't know if this is true or this happened (laughs) i was just like let me patch you through to duncan or whoever the talent coordinator at the time was but she was always like nice to me and like she uh i showcased for her a couple of times and then there was I did two in like two or three weeks. I did one and she made me like a non-paid regular, which was like you could leave avails to do the belly room shows and you could do pop-ins. I think it was yeah. or something. So she passed me to do that, and I thought that was this huge like achievement. I'm like, yeah, I'm on my way to becoming a paid regular. So then two weeks later, she comes in to showcase again, and I was like, they didn't have enough people to go up, and then. They're like, just go up. I'm like, but I just got paid a non, right. just got made a non-paid regular. It's two weeks later, I don't want to bomb stuff. and have <laughs> yeah, her yeah, take yeah. that away. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? Screw it. This crowd seems pretty good. And I, I remember Ahmed, Ahmed, and Polly were sitting like on either side of her, mm-hmm. and Tommy was running around doing whatever, finding people to go on or yeah. something. And I was like, screw it. I'm gonna do it. I'm going up. So I go up, and then my set went pretty good. And I got off stage, and then Tommy took Mitzi, and and then they were still sitting there, Polly and Ahmed, and mm. they were both, <coughs> sorry, at individual times, they were like, dude, congratulations. I was like, what? Because my mom just said, you're uh, a paid regular now. I'm Whoa, like, Get, And I couldn't yeah. tell if he was kidding. Yeah. He's like, come on, bro. Yeah, you yeah, made right. it. <laughs> and I was like, ah, are you fucking with yeah, me? Yeah, that, it's like, like sh- no. And then, yeah. a- then afterward, the guy from the video game magazine yeah, is going to sh- be here. <laughs> past you, And they're going to write an article yeah, on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to paint top skater on the wall when you get yeah. past officially. <laughs> top regular, bro. <laughs> so I was like, oh, dude, what? And I didn't believe him. And then Ahmed was like, dude, Mitzi's said to make him a regular we were both sitting there and i was like he's like let's go celebrate and have a drink like next door at the hyatt and i'm like dude i'm not gonna believe it until i hear it from the source or if tommy comes back after he drops her off at home and we go to the hyatt and i was so paranoid about like being so superstitious or whatever i was like dude i'm not gonna have a drink drink until i know for sure i'll have water so i'm Mm -hmm. not celebrating until i know i might jinx it like an idiot right so i have water and i'm sitting there and I'll, i'll we'll go back to the store tommy will come back he pulls back into the lot around like midnight, 1230, and I go, dude, what happened? Because Ahmed and Polly are telling me this, and he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, you're a paid regular. And I remember I was leaning up against a car, and I just like fell back onto the hood of a car, and I just went and put my arms out, and I went, yes! Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> it was the greatest feeling, man. I love, I love People those. Don't, it, it is, I mean, think about all, for the other clubs, it's just kind of like, it's the only club, I don't know what the ones like in New York are, but mm. like, the amount where you can put in that amount of work like you did the open mics through working there through just and um, I don't know if any clubs have as much where it means that much you know and 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 there's that moment it just seems like every other club it's like you slowly get booked and slowly get booked and like there's never that actual ceremonial moment of you were this a couple seconds Uh ago now you are this it's like the perfect storm when it comes to like a comedy club, like it's it's very old, so it has a lot yeah. of history, and and it's in L.A., so the biggest comics ever have been passed there and have yeah. worked there, and it's so big that it has like the opportunity for like 
door guys to be hired who are comedians and the fact that they allowed that they kind of turned it in like this like comedy college of sorts yeah. so the there becomes more of a desire to want to get in because you're like I can work my way into this system and they have not passed a lot of people if you think about it from like the amount of they've no. been open 42 years and like the amount of people is kind of small given how long the club's right. been there. Right, and considering the, the the amount of people in Los Angeles that have tried that to have tr- exactly, be yeah. comedians, it, it, it's it's yeah. definitely an honor. And yeah, yeah, I totally see that. So it was like, that was my the home. place. That was yeah. when I, even right before I started, I remember driving by it once because I'd seen it talked about on E! when they were doing the True Hollywood Stories and mm-hmm. I was like, that's, for some reason, that's the club that I want. Like the Laugh Factory, I don't care, the improv, whatever. I was like, I, I gotta be a part of that club. You say it's so different now versus then. I mean, obviously because attendance is oh, yeah. one, but I mean, is yeah. it, did you, I mean, was it just, it was a darker, the vibe was much darker. They were not bringing in a lot of new regulars. So you had all these like guys that were like kind of leftover from the comedy boom in the eighties and nineties that would only perform there. Mm-hmm. And they were very territorial about like newer people coming in and they were just mean to everybody. It just fostered this environment of like, you were a, kind of a dick and you had to be mean to survive and like get by because everyone was just like they thought everyone any new young fresh face was there to take their 945 main room spot or their <laughs> 1030 OR spot on a Wednesday or whatever yeah. meanwhile you're just like I just want to get good at comedy yeah, man right. this is like the place to do it like don't be an asshole so you had to kind of fight to survive and like you know you could get fired at any moment Mitzi would just fire people and mm-hmm. she didn't like the way they sounded on the phone or the way they looked sitting at the back door so you're always paranoid you're always worried Fuck. and everyone was kind of coming at you and you're it, it kind of it taught me to like fight for myself and like be tough you know because you were everyone was an asshole and you had to learn to defend yourself and stand your fucking ground and there was a hazing process and you know it was, it was like fight club like you uh, <laughs> it really was like however whatever they first used, the comedy store you do not talk about the comedy yeah, store yeah 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 <laughs> and however they worded it when you when you started fight club you were like a sponge or whatever or whatever they said and then by yeah. the time six weeks later you're carved out of wood or however wow. many you know yeah. it was kind of like that yeah but for for comedy and then when did uh because i one thing that is great that i think is what introduced uh us is uh bobby Right. Yeah. Um, or just a great common bond to talk about. I feel mm-hmm. like the first real conversation <clears throat> we had was at some barbecue, and we were sharing Bobby stories. Right. And it was such a great. <clears throat> I felt very. A. I was so glad that because <clears throat> you were, <clears throat> excuse me, his uh, mm-hmm. main guy, and so then I started getting some yeah. dates, and I was like, God, I hope like this doesn't like Nick seems so cool. I hope I can be friends with him, but like I didn't know if like you were gonna be like, Hey, man, what the fuck? Like I'm his guy. You know? about, oh, about oh, opening for Bobby, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I could see, yeah, why you would, why yeah. someone would think that. But I was always so grateful that he, he's one of the few comics that like is in a position to take people on the road with him, yep. and does it, you know, and like takes care of you, takes and, care like, of you, mm-hmm. and doesn't make you get your flight and shit to where it's like yeah, you're yeah, coming yeah. out. You're not just yeah. Uh, he t- tells the clubs like I'm, you know, I want to bring an opener and stuff, right. and he's in the position where he can do it, and it's, it's awesome. So like I, I've always been one of those people. Like he showed me like the road and like here's what performing in different cities is like in front of big rooms so huge by the way different, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and to get that ex- we it's crazy. got so lucky because that experience to get that with somebody at that level too yeah. is 
incredible. Like, oh, yeah. To immediately be doing all these sold-out shows and seeing somebody yeah. who's been... who He's going to these clubs all for like third and fourth, fifth, whatever times. Right. And, and just, man, observing all that shit and the way a headliner just, yeah. you know, just acts and behaves. Yeah, yeah, it was... Um, just yeah, the, yeah. the kind of business that they, ha- that they have to do. Totally. You learn, yeah. It accelerates the growth process in comedy because if you're just in the one city, you're doing shorter sets in front of one type of crowd. Like, you learn how to perform for every crowd how to do longer sets and be interesting for 30 minutes yeah. or 35 or 25 or whatever versus seven or 10. It's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. But I, I was always so happy that he was able to do that. And then, you know, Marin had done it for me when I was younger and oh, Steve shit. Byrne and guys like that. And, and, so and Ahmed would take me on the road with him. So the, the learning experience I got from that kind of thing, I was always like, I was never like, no, that's mine. It's yeah. like, if you can do it by all means, yeah. you know, and he's, he likes to do that. He likes to take younger guys out and show them, like, this is yeah. what you're going to work towards. So yeah. here's how you do it. Here's yeah. the beginning stages. Any and really shit. crazy Bobby story? Like, he, um, won- he once uh, made us, he bought at a gas station some, uh, I think it was Extends. <laughs> and he goes, we're going to take this tonight. He would always threaten me with dates. Like, he would say, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. either, uh, you know, one time he made me eat uh, oysters, which I hate. The texture, right. whatever the taste, mm-hmm. it was like the worst thing ever. And he made me eat, like, five of them, or he was going to take, he's like, you want to go to San Jose? Right. Eat these oysters. And I was like, God damn it, man. <laughs> Bot extends, and it was like, we're taking these. I was like, I'm not hanging out with you after yeah. I take this. Yeah, we're not going to take boner pills and yeah. just, like, stare at each other. And be having coffee or something. Yeah, 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 so yeah, anyway, yeah. how's your heart? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, we were in uh, Fort Lauderdale, and he was gambling at the Hard Rock, you know? Yeah. And I think it was with some girl, and my phone wasn't on, and he needed to he, he, he needed me to collect the money for him for some reason because his ticket, what the fuck happened? He won a bunch on something, but it was on somebody else's game, maybe? He needed me to come down and claim his money for whatever reason, and okay. I didn't. My phone wasn't on, and then I came down later and met up with him, and he just laid into me for not like being around. And I was like, "Well, I'm not fucking gambling." And and uh, <laughs> and then he would stay up all night. Yeah. And then we had shows the next day, and then he would came in with a Red Bull and was like, "I woke up 20 minutes ago." Yeah. He's like, "You got to oh, do yeah. more time. I don't want to do this show." That's fine. And then and then he would go on and just murder. <laughs> oh yeah, like he always does. And then get up and go. They hated me. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. You destroyed yeah, that standing ovation. Yeah. Come on, guy. <laughs> uh, but was there any I mean just really I forced him to go to Disney World once Cause look Here's the deal When <laughs> I go You force someone to go to Disney World Don't you want to go to Disney World and Not not him not his, Bobby his Disney World is sleeping until 5.30pm yeah. <laughs> That's his magic kingdom Yeah is the, wow. his, his bed Yeah So when I go on the road I go for it Like I'm like I'm seeing and experiencing the city Remember when I went to Seattle yeah. I was like Hit me with places yeah. to go yeah yeah, yeah 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 And you really did it up man You like yeah, went I, to a, yeah. I do everything Like I, I want it I never traveled when I was a kid We never went anywhere so I'm like, I need to see... What a perk of this job, right? Oh, yeah. Holy totally, shit. dude. I make the most out of even what seems like is going to be the most boring city. Sure. So we went to Orlando. I'm like, we are going to Disney World. I don't care what you say. He's like, no, we're not. I'm like, we're going. So yeah, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not going by myself. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm like, we are going. Yeah. And he's like, all right. So... I get him up, we go, and then he ends up like, yeah, this is actually pretty cool. We like bought shirts. I still have this shirt I wear f- that's Mickey made out of planets that every time I wear it, someone's like, that's the coolest shirt. Where'd you get that? I'm like, Fuck it's because yeah. I went to fucking Disney World. <laughs> yeah, man. So we went to like... I uh, love that sentence. We went to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to Disney World, bitch. 
Perfect. So we went to Epcot Center, and we learned a lot about that. Well, all the restaurants are are uh, the the servers are all. If you go to the French place, everyone yeah. speaks French. A lot of people they have exchange students that come to America. Now, real French or like Disney French? No, real French. Okay, yeah. not like mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast, like Gaston. Like, yeah, not like that. <laughs> yeah. Or the candle. No, the candle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's none of that. It's like real French. That's pretty good, Brad. No yeah. one fights like Gaston. No oh one smokes like Gaston. Can you no please? one fucks like Gaston. Can That's you the lyrics, please? right? Rent a black box theater <laughs> and do a one man show of Beauty Please. and the Beast. Done. Yeah, I'm pre ordering tickets. Kickstarter. Right now. <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be Clocksworth. You have n- you have no idea. Nice. Great. <laughs> so he loved it. Yeah, we ended yeah. up having fun, and then we went to an arcade to kind of weirdly. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. Uh, but, so and then I was, there was like, a top oh, skater game. <laughs> oh, dude, I always look, and there never is. There never. Oh, you know what? There was one to sidetrack again. We've done this so many times sidetracking, but I was playing Harris at Harvey's in Lake yeah. Tahoe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't gamble, and I found an arcade in the casino. I was like, this is my life for the next five days. <laughs> yeah, and it's a week gig. I saw, yeah, it's a one week gig. One week much. gig, yeah. I saw a top skater in the corner and I went over to it and it was off because it was down for repairs. So I didn't just leave it at that. I went to the front desk. I'm like, who runs the arcade (laughs) and the thing? You'd have to go talk to the... Like why? You need to find for your son or your younger brother? No, no, yeah, no, yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know yeah. if you're aware, but a, a certain uh, game, uh, Top Skater, is down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is unacceptable. I was like, I don't have a son, but my inner child needs to film it. So, <laughs> like, you're going to have to talk to one of the employees when the little stand opens where the other games are. And all right, so I went over there. I'm like, hey, uh, who do I talk to about getting a game fix? They're like, well, what's wrong? I'm like, that Top Skater machine in the corner... Uh, I'm here for five days and I don't gamble and I would love to give all my money to that. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, well, uh, one of our maintenance guys has tried to fix it a couple times and they can't figure it out. So it's just down for a while. And I was like, fuck, but I went the extra mile to get that game. You're like, hold running. on. Let me look yeah. at some YouTube videos. Give me a screwdriver. Yeah, I'm like, let me borrow <laughs> a toolbox and I learned how to solder. So, uh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we went to the arcade there and we saw air hockey and he's like, oh, let's play this. I'll beat you. I'm like, you'll do what? He's like, I'll be, I'm going to, and then we got competitive to the point where arcade security had to come over and make sure we weren't fighting. We were screaming, (laughs) fuck you. I should have gotten that. Put you, use your hand or whatever. Is is everything okay over here? Uh, Oh no, we're just, we're being competitive. That puck was over the line. It was on my side. You had no right to dive across. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, we're yelling at each other because we're just getting so, the puck's going flying. Like the harder you hit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the the security guard actually stayed for like a minute or two to watch us to make sure we weren't because all he did was hear. Sure, and he's just like, "Are they for real?" Yeah. And so we stayed and watched for a couple, of, and then he just shook his head and walked away because <laughs> we're two grown men grown yelling guy. at each other about in air Disney hockey. space shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we uh, we bad. started off with video games, and mm. I think we uh, we just ended with video games. I never finished that story about getting kicked out of PE, but we'll do it next. Oh time. shit! No, part two. I mean, well, I don't know. I'm not inviting myself on again. I'm just, I, I mean, is it, I, 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 I mean, I feel like we 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 have to hear it. Yeah, what happened? I got kicked out of the PE class for throwing the racket. Good night, everybody. No, 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 <laughs> that would be no, no. awesome if you just ended it, and people are like, "What the fuck?" Um, your call. You can end it right now, and I cannot tell the end of the story. I mean, I don't know if I want.
listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.